for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Okay, we're going to begin a new uh, series this morning, a new topic. As you know, we're dealing with different topics each month of this year. And uh, this month, the month of, can you believe it's July? July. We're into the second half, second half of the year. We've had the longest day. How many shopping days to Christmas? <laughs> just, to, just to wind you up. <laughs> uh, no, don't even go there. Um, but this month, it's all about choice and choosing the best you. The best you. Uh, and it's all about choice this month. And we're going to kick off by uh, doing a reading that we've read a couple of times before, but uh, no less, it's a fantastic uh, scripture, fantastic time when Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel together. So we're going to read from Joshua uh, chapter 24, and uh, we're going to read verse 1 and then verses 14 and 15. I'd love to read the whole chapter, but actually... Um, I think you'd be asleep by the time I got to the end of it. So, uh, by way of uh, introduction, verse 1 and then verse 14 and 15. Verse 1, then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. Shechem means the neck. And called for the elders of Israel for their... Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity, Joshua says to the people, and in truth, and put away the gods, with a small g, which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt, and in Egypt, serve the Lord, he proclaims. And if it seems evil to, to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But then Joshua says, But as for me, and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. And the Lord will bless uh, the reading of his word. Every day I read somewhere this week, we make, every day, sorry, we make 35,000 choices. Can you believe that? 35,000 choices we make in a single day. 245,000 choices every week. You had, you had no idea you were making so many choices, did you? <laughs> in fact, who you are today is by the choices you have made yesterday. Your choices have taken us and taken you and taken me on a journey, taken to where we are at present. In fact, your present and my present is a gift to us from the choices that we made in the past. The present. That's your present. It's because of the choices that have been made in the past, good or bad. It's your present. Some choices have been impulsive. Some choices have been crazy. Some choices have been wise. Some have been stupid. Some have been brave. But the choice has been yours and yours alone. In fact, in fact the very fact you are here this morning is a choice. That was one of your 35,000 that you'll make today. Unless you're a child, you didn't need to come. 
you chose to come for whatever reason. And there can be many reasons that people come to, ch- to church. It's not always what you think. But whatever the reason, it's one of your better decisions, dare I say. But we haven't always made good decisions, have we? Have we? No. Sometimes we've made bad decisions. Or we have avoided or delegated decisions, which is a decision in itself. And if I had time this morning, I could take you through your life and track key key decisions that you made through your life up to thus far. As you studied, as you got married, as you trusted people, as you reacted to people, as you rejected people, as you separated from people, as you changed careers, as you were stupid, as you were brave, as you were wise, whatever the choices were, they were all big decisions, big choices that turned you this way and then that way. But dare I say, it's not the big decisions that you changed, where you changed direction abruptly sometimes. It's, it's not those big decisions that actually formed you into who you are in your present. It's actually what we call and what we think of as being the small decisions, the 35,000 decisions that we make every day. That we don't take time choosing, we don't take time considering uh, we do stew them automatically often, but they slowly and they definitely change you. So this month, in the month of July, we're going to speak about four choices we can make every day which will make us more fulfilled, which will make us more needed as people, will make us more appreciated by others, will make us better understood, it will make us easier to be used by God, will make us, a, dare I say it, a better husband, or even, dare I even say it more, a better wife. Son, daughter. In fact, if I was to put an overall title for this month of July, it would be, as I said before, choosing a better you. A better you. Not that I'm complaining how you are just now, but (laughs) it's upwards and onwards, isn't it? Choosing a better you. So we're going to kick off this morning by, we're going to see that commitment commitment, and we'll explain what commitment is in a minute, commitment is a choice. And then next week, we're going to see that wisdom in your decision making is a choice. And then on the 15th, Steve, he's here this morning, is going to show us that encouragement is a choice. And then on the 22nd, it's a long month this month, five Sundays. Then on the 22nd, we're having a baptism service, that Sue says. And we're going to see that following Jesus is a choice. And then the last Sunday of the month, the 29th, we're going to look at the fact that passion. Passion is a choice. And these choices define us. And for me to change, and for you to change, and for my life to change, and for your life to change, or for your partner to change, or your boss to change, or your child to change, or for your situation to change, you have to choose every single day to be the best you. So let's look at commitment is a choice. What do I mean by commitment? What's the meaning of commitment? Well, there's two definitions in the dictionary. One is the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause. 
And that's the one that would automatically hit you. Yeah, that's it. It's been dedicated to a cause, a commitment. But there's another explanation of the word um, commitment, and that is an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. So when we choose to be committed as a Christian, as a good wife, as a good husband, as a good member of the church, we choose to be dedicated, but we also choose to be restricted. Every commitment to one goal automatically restricts you from another goal. In the chapter we read from in Joshua uh, 24, Joshua lays before the people the decision they have to make. He outlines to them where God has brought them to, brought them to this place, out of Egypt, almost in the promised land, and they're at a place called Shechem, means the neck, they're just about there, and he tells them that if they choose to commit to God, they're going to have to restrict themselves. Restrict themselves from what? Restrict themselves from other idols, other gods that they have worshipped in the past. If you're going to go further with God, you're going to have to restrict yourself from other things. And he says to them, put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Question, have you put away the gods that your fathers served? Oh my God, my, my father didn't serve gods. Yes, maybe he did. And maybe it wasn't Jehovah that he served. Maybe it was materialism. Maybe it was a good career. Maybe it was um, a good social life. Maybe it was a nice, brilliant, big house. Maybe whatever it was, your father or your mother perhaps had gods, which perhaps you're still serving. What's, why is that a god? Well, anything that gets in the way from you worshipping Jehovah God, God says, not me, God says that's an idol. So we need to commit ourselves to the best life that God has for us. And that means restricting ourselves from what perhaps we want ourselves. So, as an example, there's one or two golfers here this morning. Better golfers than I am. But the fact that I am not playing golf this morning, this sunny Sunday morning, is because I have chosen and they have chosen to be committed. So they and I have restricted ourselves. We've chosen to do what the Spirit would have us do rather than what our flesh would have us do. And that's because our dedication to God is greater than the dedication to the golf. And to the leisure, that's one of our 35,000 decisions. It's an easy decision for me today, but it wasn't always an easy decision. Because when I was young, footloose and fancy free at the age of 8 or 10 or 12 or 14 or 16, if I had been given the choice, I perhaps would have chosen the golf or the football or whatever it was, rather than going to church with my parents. It was my parents' dedication that made the restricted choice for me. Train up a child in the way it should go, and when it's old, it will not depart from it. I am living proof of that. And commitment, my parents would tell you, usually starts with a struggle. Jack, you're not going to golf. You're coming to church. Well, that's not fair. That's not right. I don't want to go. Whatever it is, 
But the, their commitment was greater than my um, sort of negativity, if you like. Commitment, commitment itself is not about talent. It's not about ability. It's about choice. Your choice, my choice. And there's things in your life right now that you don't like doing, but you have to do. And when we choose to commit to doing them, we become a better us. Whatever it is. Whatever, in fact, I would say, whatever you're committing to right now, total commitment, whatever you're committing to right now, good and bad, will flourish. Whatever it is. Good things. So if you're a critic and you're committing yourself to be somebody who critiques everything and criticizes everything and gives your opinion, you will flourish in that area of your life. Or if you're somebody who encourages everybody and you commit yourself to encouraging everyone, that area will flourish in your life. So whatever you're committing to will flourish and whatever you are omitting in your life will fail and decline. So it's about committing as a person to the right journey so that we don't arrive at the wrong destination. Where are you headed? It's about having a vision of the you that you want to see so that your present in 20 years will be a present that you want to enjoy. There will be a present that you're making now, that you're committed to now. For every present, there's a cost. And for every present, there's a restriction. For every destination in life, there's the price of the journey. You know, like For instance, when we go to in places like India or the Philippines or Malaysia or wherever, the destination is what I want, but the journey is what I have to endure. The journey is a pain. It's difficult. It's restricting, particularly if you're sitting in one of these seats where you're, everything's like that. It's too long, but I will endure the journey to get to the destination. I want the destination, so I have to commit to the journey, good and bad. It's worth it because of where we're going. And whatever you want in life, you will find you will have to go through a series of tests and hurdles to see if it's really what you want. So you have the vision. And you think, well, I'll just go to that vision. I'll just head towards that vision and I'll get there and everything will be great. Let me tell you, that doesn't happen. What happens is you have the vision, you have the goal, and then you say, I'm going there. And what life does is it will put hurdles in front of you to see how dedicated you are to that vision and to that goal. So when you became a Christian, everything was fantastic. And God was speaking to you in, his, in your prayer time. You just needed to pray something. Happy. And it was wonderful. And then like a honeymoon ended. And suddenly we hit a bit of a reality. And then life started to question you. Do you really want this? And you asked yourself, do I really want this? And God seems to go silent sometimes in our prayer life. We looked at prayer last month. And he seems to go silent. And sometimes his silence is saying to us, do you really want me? Do you really want to run after me? Do you really want to search for me? 
I'm hiding for you. Are you willing to, to come after me? Commitment is a choice. It's not for the, just the strong-minded. It's not for those, those type of people. Commitment is a choice that we make every minute of the day. A guy called Haddon Robinson said this, you will invest your life in something or you will throw it away on nothing. You will invest your life in something or you will throw it away on nothing. We'll be married, as we keep telling you, sorry to bore you, 40 years this August. That, <laughs> that is a huge commitment by me. I mean, by, by Susan. Huge commitment. But it's a commitment made of little and big choices. It's a long journey made with little steps. It started at an altar like this, and that seemed a big choice. That was a big commitment. But you don't get to 40 years down the road by just making big commitments. You get there by making little steps, day after day, week after week, month after month, little choices choice to stay or the choice to go. Little commitments, little steps. And sometimes you feel like it. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes the wind is against you. Sometimes it's for you. Sometimes there's hurdles. And sometimes it seems like you're just freewheeling downhill and everything's wonderful. Then one day you wake up and you think, where did the years go? It's 40 years. You don't have in year one what you've got in year 10. <laughs> I was waiting for an amen from <laughs> some of the ladies. <laughs> you don't have in year 10 what you've got in year 20 as a couple, as a relationship. You don't have in year 20 what you have in year 30. You don't have in year 30 what you've got in year 40. You see, we as a nation and as a people and as a current generation are so much into instant gratification. It's a disease, really, that we will fight all of our life. Started in the Garden of Eden. Eat the apple. We saw it in the wilderness with Jesus. Turn the stones into bread. You see, it's instant gratification. I have a need, and I deserve that need to be fulfilled. You'll never build a long marriage. You'll never build a long faith walk with Jesus by looking for instant gratification. Commitment was the difference between Adam and Eve and Jesus. Adam didn't have it. Eve didn't have it. Jesus, the new Adam, did have it. And because he had it, you have it. You just need to use it. So if you're a person this morning who's uncommitted, who finds it easy just to give up rather than go on, a person who thinks life should be easy, we're here to enjoy ourselves. We've only got one life. Let's just party and be happy. Who wants a degree without the study? Who wants a skill without the training? Who wants friends without being friendly? Who wants savings without sacrifice? A person who just wants the destination without the journey. A person who has the attitude of being negative. A person who just says, well, that's a barrier. And so therefore, I can't go over that barrier. A person who fears failing itself. A person who has no idea where they're going or what they're about. We need, if that's you, we need to get committed. How do we do that? We do it by paying a price every single day. 
by choosing the right choices. And whatever you desire, whatever you desire has a price. And it takes a committed person to pay the price. Every single day. And if you don't want to achieve much, there will not be much of a price. You just have to commit to laziness. If you want to achieve greatness, you'll be committed to hard work. If you want a relationship with God, you will become committed to running after Him. Pleasing Him, honoring Him, choosing Him. No matter how you feel. Instant gratification is one disease we have as a nation, as a society. How we feel is another disease. What has your feelings got to do with it? Some, some Sundays I wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be preaching if I went by how I feel. You wouldn't be here either. If you, who said yeah? <laughs> I heard that in the back row. And it's true. We have to be committed. And the more you run after him daily, the more you will know him weekly. The more you run after him weekly, the more you will know him monthly. The more you run after him monthly, you will know him yearly. The more you run after him yearly, you will know him for a lifetime. The more you know him for a lifetime, you will know him for eternity. Paul said, I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What does resurrection do? Resurrection lifts you up and takes you where you're designated to be, and that's heaven, like Susan was talking about this morning. And when you know him, you will be resurrected for eternal life. So choosing the best you is a lifetime choice with eternal consequences. And when we choose to commit and we develop commitment in our lives, we can become all that God has called us and birthed us and meant us to be. But we have to have a mindset of excellence. Excellence is a decision of who you will become. It's a choice. Who you marry is a choice. Where you live is a choice. How educated you will be is a choice. But the most important choice of all of them is who you will become. If you're single, don't concentrate on choosing a man or a woman. Concentrate on who that man or woman will ultimately meet. You see, when I was single, I was looking for the girl. I was looking for the dream who would one day, can I tell you a secret? She stood on a table and waved to me. This girl, this shy girl here, but she wasn't waving to me. She was waving for a friend. <laughs> for her friend to my friend. Okay. Uh, and we have to concentrate on who we are rather than what we want. That's what I'm saying. So when we're single, we're choosing, we're trying to say, who, who can I pick? What do I want? What's my criteria? Ticks box, box tick, box ticks, box ticks, box ticks, rather than concentrating on who I am. Because if who you are is better, the better partner you will get because you will be more attractive. And so when people come and view churches and look at a church, they come and say, tick box, tick box, tick box, 
tick box. Or on a Sunday morning, worship, word, fellowship, all being ticked. That was great. Good morning. What we don't concentrate is on us. We don't prepare ourselves. You see, the Bible tells us and teaches us not to come to experience the place and see what we think of it. The Bible says, prepare yourself for the Lord's table, as it used to say in the the background I have. Prepare yourself, because if you prepare yourself for life, you will get a better life. C.S. Lewis said, with all the choices you make, you're turning yourself into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature. It's your choice. It's my choice. Every, every, every morning I can decide, am I going to be a heavenly creature or, I, or am I going to be a hellish creature? It's hot in here. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to get out of bed. Negative, 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 negative. Moan, groan. I don't like this. I don't like that. We can turn ourselves into a hellish creature or a heavenly creature. We need to choose to commit what God has put in front of us. People think, yeah, when I see the right thing, when I find the right church, when I do this, when I do that, when I get the right job, I'll be committed to it. Big mistake. Get committed to what God has given you right now. Some of us are thinking, not me, some of us are thinking, if I could get a better wife, (laughs) if I could get a better husband, then I'll get committed. Big mistake. Get committed to where you are right now. Get committed to that lady, to that gentleman right now. And you know what will happen? You'll have a better marriage. She'll suddenly be the woman of your dreams. He'll suddenly be the man who you've been longing for. Your prince coming to you through the, on the horseback through the woods, <laughs> wherever it is. We, we, we change people. We change people by changing us. You know, I have no friends. Well, be friendly. Nobody speaks to me. We'll speak to someone. You understand? We've got to, we've got to decide to change us, not try and change them. Often we're in a relationship and we think, if I could just change her, if I could just stop her doing that, if I could just stop them doing that, if, I could just, if they just stop doing that every morning or every evening or whatever. No, that's a big mistake. Decide to change yourself. But it needs commitment. It needs hard work. But the promised land where Joshua was taking these people was going to involve sunbathing all day? No, it was going to involve battles and fighting and bloodshed to get the promised land that God had for them. And when John F. Kennedy asked Dr. Werner von Braun what would it take to build a rocket that would take a man to the moon and bring him home safely, his answer was the will to do it. And what he was saying to the president then was what I've been saying to you this morning. This morning, Commitment is a choice. It's deciding that you have the will to do it. Want a better marriage? Commit to having a better marriage. Want a better job? Commit to doing a better job where you are right now. Commit to being, having a better church? Commit to the church itself to serve it and to honor it and to be part of it. It takes your will, it takes, excuse me, your choice. When you commit to the best, when you commit to the future, when you commit to God, God alone knows what you, what you and what I can achieve. 
So, I'm going to encourage you this morning. Start being committed. Maybe even saying to your wife and to your husband, do you know what? I am committed to you. So many people have a, we're not doing this, but so many, we're not doing this. But so many, <laughs> so many people have a, or sometimes people have a, what do they call it? Um, when you renew your vows. And I think that's, that's great. Um, but they're basically saying, I'm still committed. I'm still in there. I'm still hanging in there for you. But we can do that anytime. We don't just have to do it when we come to renew our vows. We can decide, do you know what I'm going to say to my partner, my wife, my husband? I am committed to you. I'm not going to give up easily. I'm stop going to, fear, stop going to be fearing failure. I'm stop going, to, stop going to asking why. I'm going to say, why not? Because the world hasn't seen your best yet. <laughs> you, some of us are thinking, I gave it my best shot. No, the world hasn't seen your best yet. The best is yet to come. Don't give up easily. Stop fearing failure. Stop asking why and start asking why not. The difference between now and your best is commitment. It really is. To commit to what God wants for you. So, decide to go up a gear. Decide in your life to pay the price. Decide to commit and restrict from the ordinary life that you've been living. And decide to commit and restrict yourself and say, I am going to have the extraordinary life that God wants for me. This is what Joshua was saying to the children of Israel. He's saying, as for me and my house, you know what? We will serve the Lord. And he was saying to them, what about your house? What about your family? What about your marriage? Particularly to men, as spiritual head of the house. If you want to go up a gear, You start saying to God, you know, God, as for me and this family and your grace you have given me, as for me and our house, we're going to serve the Lord. There's going to be every obstacle not to do it. There's going to be every reason. What you decide as a parent is what your offspring will often become like. Casual Christianity, casual parents, Casual children, committed Christianity, committed parents, committed children. You know, I have a vision for this church, and I'm looking 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the line. What's the vision I see? I see strong marriages. I see children growing up into men and women of God and not rebelling and walking away from what their parents will decide are deciding for them just now, like going to church, reading their Bible. At the moment, parents, you're deciding that. There'll come a day when you don't decide that. There'll come a day when they decide that. And my vision, our vision, the church's vision is to produce parents, to produce adults who will 
in 10 or 20 or 30 years look down on their children, look down on their families, look down on their grandchildren and say, I am so pleased that I was committed to God and his house and his values and through them seeing my commitment and being restricted from some things but committed to other things, my children have grown up in the things of God. Now that is not something I'm saying to to uh, condemn people who children have decided to walk away. Children decide what they want. Even in my family, I've seen uh, people, just relatives, cousins and so forth, who have walked away from the things of God. But when we choose as parents the things of God, often their offspring will decide to follow the things of God. Now, the children of Israel were up and down. If you read the stories of the children of Israel, you'll see them choosing false gods, real God, false gods. All Anything can happen. But my vision, my desire, my dream is that we divorce is something we never hear in this church. We see people following Jesus. We see people being trained up in the things of God. Yes, there'll be problems. Yes, there'll be mistakes. Yes, there'll be all sorts. But the thing is, as for me and my house, as a church, as families, as individuals, we would say, I am going to follow and serve the Lord. How about you? How about you? Well, yeah, on a Sunday I feel that way, but Monday, Tuesday, back on Wednesday, I go, anything could happen. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't know. But you see, we need to commit every single day. Evangelicals are wonderful at getting a, a decision. And you have to say the prayer and come to Jesus, and then everything is just taken care of. We're, evangelicals are wonderful at that, and I believe in that. Most certainly I believe in that. But I, leave, I believe, also believe in everyday decisions, rededications, renewing our vows, getting back to God from a backslider into a follower and a disciple, coming back and saying, oh, Lord, I've, 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 I've been like the protocol. I've wandered away, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And maybe for someone here this morning, you need to say to God this morning, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. I didn't choose the right paths. I've made some bad decisions. Everybody in here has made bad decisions. Let me tell you, some would put their hand up, some would put their head down, some would do whatever. But let me tell you, I know every single person in here, not because I know your personal lives, but we're all capable of bad decisions. Let me tell you, you just think back, just for a moment. No, come to you like that, because the enemy will bring it to your attention, what you did, where you were, who you did it with, what you should have done, what you shouldn't have done. And they'll bring it back like that. God's not like that. God says, no, choose you this day. (laughs) But evangelicals are wonderful. Well, I, in 1975, I choose Jesus. I chose Jesus. Yeah, but what about 2018? Are you still choosing Jesus? Are you still following him radically? Are you still a disciple? Are you still giving up and following? Are you still putting things behind you and walking forwards? Do you understand? It's a total commitment every single day. Father, I thank you for your word to us this morning. Thank you for your love. You don't condemn us. You convict us. Your grace is sufficient 
for all of us. And maybe what the Lord has said through me this morning has particularly spoken to you. And you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I've made some bad choices. I've been uncommitted. I've been disconnected. But this morning, I've been given the opportunity to choose today whom I will serve. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, you see your sons and your daughters deciding commitment, deciding to make a decision to come back, to choose this day whom we will serve. For our house, Lord, we're going to serve the Lord because we know that's the best way. So I pray your blessing on these people, Lord. I pray your anointing on them. I pray your grace upon them. I pray, Lord, you'll give them the spiritual backbone to make the right decisions at the right time that they will feel a joy in their heart this morning, that they have come home and heaven is having a party. So we bless you, Lord. We thank you for our brothers and sisters. We thank you that we're in a church that sees your love and sees your grace upon our lives. We thank you for young people and for families and for children and for marriages and for adults, Lord, who serve you and honor you and give to you and go the extra mile for you, Father. I pray you'll bless them, Lord. I pray against every difficulty and every hurdle that is in people's lives right now. Some huge barriers, Father, that people think, I can never get over that. I can never climb above that and get over it. God says, I'm not going to take you above it and beyond it. I'm going to take you through it. Yea, though I walk through. Thank you, Father. You take us through. You hold our hand and you take us through. So if you're going through stuff this morning and the enemy's just piled this like a load of manure on your life, what the enemy means for harm, God will turn for good. Manure makes things grow. And through the manure that the enemy's put in your life, growth will come. Better days are ahead. Your best days are still to come. People's rejection of you is not God's rejection of you. God has plans for you. Commit to those plans. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.